Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. We always love when we can catch up with Dr. Dana Varbel. She is Chicago's exotic pet vet. She is more than that. She's our favorite vet. And tell me what you think about the Chunkasaurus. I was calling him Poppin' Fresh because he looks like he popped out of a can of biscuits. Or, well, her, they say, right? Yeah, probably a female, yeah. It's quite the sight, right? It's pretty cool to see a snapping turtle that's that big coming out of the Chicago River that's had its own trouble with pollution and water quality. But it was really fun to see that video. And, of course, the commentary, if you haven't listened to the commentary, the commentary makes it. It really, really does. Very cool animals. We're going to see them a lot this time of year. The females come out of the lakes and rivers that they spend their winters and even their springs and, to be honest, most of their summers in, um, and look for a good spot to lay eggs this time of year. So you can see them, unfortunately, crossing the roads and all those types of things. But Chunkasaurus is special, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're talking to a woman who has reptiles for pets and, and treats mm-hmm. them as well. And every time I tell John Williams that you treated a hedgehog with breast cancer, he just rolls with laughter. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, I'm glad he finds it good, yes. You know, it's it's always interesting to me. I always tell everyone, you know, everything can get cancer, um, which yes. is good and bad. But just about every animal in the world has has had some form of documented cancer, which um, is kind of cool because we learn things from animal cancers that help us treat human cancer, too. Did you see this story about uh, parvovirus surging again in New York City? Yeah, I did. I'm not sure um, why it might be surging. We do. It does seem to be associated in colder climates like New York City and Chicago. It does seem to be associated with the temperatures going up. Um, This is a type of virus that can live for a very, very long time in the environment. It's it's got a thick envelope, so it can live in the soil. It can live on grass. And it seems like in the winter around us because, you know, the nice thing about being in New York or Chicago is, let's be honest, the grass and soil is covered in the winter by anywhere from a couple inches to a couple feet of snow. Um, So that tends to keep this virus at bay. But in warmer climates and in spring, it tends to rear its ugly head. Okay. There was another story I was looking at. This is Dr. Dana Varbel. She joins us every other Friday about older dogs who sleep badly may have dementia. We've talked about dogs in the past with dementia. I really never realized what an issue it was, but dogs are living longer. What is your dog doing? Is it just a dream when they're twitching and shaking while they're sleeping? Yeah, this is the dream. <laughs> Luckily, unrelated. Um, I always joke that that's their their squirrel chasing or their bunny chasing time. Maybe they're catching them in their dreams and they're they're not able to do so in real life. But yeah, sometimes you'll see them move their legs. Um, I even have one that'll bark in his sleep because <laughs> he gets so he's dreaming so hard. I think others have had that experience as well. Very different than these dogs with dementia who actually are not sleeping well. Mm, okay. And did you see the story about the dog who lived to be 31 years old, now identified as the oldest dog in the world? Is there truth to that? Can a dog live to be 31? Well, you know, it, it's it's 
shocking, right? Because 31 is a very, very, very old dog. But it was documented. It seems like it's been confirmed that this dog was born in 1992. So that is, again, it's a world record because it is extremely unusual. You know, dogs are living longer. We just did a report, looked at some studies. And 40 years ago, dogs had half the life expectancy that they do now. So modern medicine, good nutrition has been very good for our dog friends as well. Should we be feeding kibble or should we be feeding raw or canned, incorporate all of it? Because everybody wants their dog to live forever. (laughs) We do. And it's really interesting because that dog did report that he only eats human food. (laughs) That gives me a little bit of concern. (laughs) Gives me a little bit of concern. That dog's probably got a really tough stomach and not all dogs do. But, you know, balanced diets that are based on science. Um, There's some great nutrition companies out there, Hills, Purina, um, Imes. There's a number of them. I can't think of them off the top of my head that have done some really amazing nutrition studies. So kibble's very safe. It's very balanced. Um, And the nice thing is if there's something wrong with it, you generally get a recall really quick. My big concern with raw diets, it's for the same reason. I don't want to eat raw meat and raw eggs. Um, it's bacteria. And, you know, it can carry, some of those raw diets can carry things like E. coli and salmonella that not only can your dog get, but you can get too. Um, so I, they give me a lot of, you know, a lot of pause because I don't really like the idea of spreading those types of bacteria um, among our families. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. She does it all. She treats every animal. I'm guessing that she probably loves every animal as well. I look forward to the Fridays when we can have a conversation with Dr. Dana Varble. You will find her at ChicagoExoticPet.com. Exotic Pet Vet is what you will find. ExoticPetVet.com. She's also the Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. And the questions and the calls are coming in. 312-981-7200. You know, we always have doctors on from Northwestern. And that's why I think it's so great that you join us, Dana, because... Everybody Aww. loves their animals and needs a little advice once in a while. Somebody sent in a text and said, can you ask about flea tick preventative? Which is better, the chewable three-month or the monthly topical, and how does each work? Oh, good questions. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there's a couple different kinds of each, but there's usually very specific, um, literally insect-specific medications in there. So a lot of them stop the formation of chitin, for example. Chitin is what basically that shell on insects is made out of. So it's really bad for insects, right? Because they can't make the shell that makes up their body. They don't live. But the good news is is we don't really use that material. So And neither do dogs or cats. So that's what makes them so safe. Now, sometimes, and I think we've talked about this before, sometimes the topicals, if you have a dog or a cat with sensitive skin, sometimes you can get some itching or rash from those, in which case those patients do better on orals. Um, I prefer orals just because I have a dog with long, really fluffy hair, and the topicals just make them greasy. So, But honestly, it's just a preference. <laughs> They're yeah. both very, very effective medications, yeah. Yeah, I used it on my cats last week because every once in a while one will sneak out and I worry that the dogs or I will have a tick on me. I had a tick on me in the living room last mm-hmm. week that it's going to launch oh, on one no. of them. And um, it, it seemed like I was very careful to get it right there in between their shoulder blades. And then it did spread over the next couple of days where it looked like their hair was kind of greasy and wet and it kind of concerned mm-hmm. me. 
So, all right, good to know. <laughs> all right. Uh, somebody said, please ask Dr. Dana Varbo about SARDS. My eight-year-old Yorkie Poo was recently diagnosed with this disease. It is so sad. I got to say, I don't know what that is. S-A-R-D-S. Yeah, I, mean, it's, 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 I think they're talking about retinal deterioration. It's sudden, gosh, this is a, this is a tough one. Sudden acquired retinal degeneration syndrome. Yeah, and that's tough because what happens in those cases is over a very short period of time, usually just days to weeks, um, dogs can become blind. And it's not reversible. And it can be really scary for you as a pet owner and for the dog too, because all of a sudden they lose their vision. Now, the interesting thing is, is like, Lisa, you and I look around the world, we see colors, we navigate from room to room based on where the doorway is. Dogs are a little different. So one thing I've noticed with dogs that go blind suddenly, it takes them a little while to adapt. But dogs also use their sense of smell a lot more than we do. So, like, you and I might not know if we're inside or outside based solely on without you know, being able to see. But for dogs, inside and outside smell totally different. Um, Your bathroom smells different than your living room. Your hallway smells different than your living room. So it's really interesting to me in that dogs that go blind suddenly, unfortunately, really adapt very, very quickly. So something that might be very serious in a person and then being something that dogs live with very well. I love this. Yeah, that is good news. I love this question. My kitten is seven months old and will eat a certain brand of dry food one day and then will not eat it the next day. What is going on? Oh my gosh, anyone that has a cat knows that. I was going to say you have a cat. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, Cats love to be cats love to be finicky. And you know, if you've ever opened a bag of cat food and wondered why is it shaped like this. You know, if, if you've opened like three or four different kinds of cat food kibble, you'll notice that they're different shapes. And that's not something that you typically see with a lot of dog food, right? It's usually just kind of a round pellet. Um, and so with cats, what we notice is that they really like different food shapes, that the shape of their food is really important to them. So it's really interesting that different shaped foods appeal to them differently. And cats just love to be finicky. They really, really love to be finicky. So it's something that's really kind of odd with cats. Sometimes you can try a couple things to find out what works for them. That's fun. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. Uh, 630 sent in a text. I think our dog is losing his hearing. Can this be checked? Absolutely, yes. It's a little bit harder to test in dogs than it is in other animals, but you can do some things at home where you can kind of call their name from another room, have someone monitor their reaction, do monitor their reactions to different noises. It's a little bit more challenging because, again, they feel vibrations, they use scent to get around better. So, again, it's another type of thing where, just like vision loss, hearing loss in dogs tends to be something they adapt to even more quickly than visual loss. Yeah, my my hanker, my boy, He, you can stand right behind him and yell, and he thinks you're in front of him. So he's looking forward he through the fence like, I know you're out there, and it's like, I'm right behind you. I'm right behind you, buddy. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, another... But, yeah, he probably does really well most of the time, doesn't yeah. he? He knows where he's at. I've, yeah. got a, I've got a pack. They they work uh, tandem, you know. Um, 
630 said important for them too. It is. It really is. I I don't know what will happen when one goes because they're so reliant on each other. Uh, 630 Mm -hmm. said, my 7-year-old rabbit drops poop and sometimes spots of pee when she roams. Just walking around. Is that a health Mm. issue? It could be, yeah. Sometimes you'll see that, you know, rabbits are animals. A lot of people don't know this, but rabbits are animals that can be litter box trained. So when we see a change in litter box behavior with rabbits, it's sort of similar to what we see with cats. We start looking for, do they have something wrong with their urinary or digestive systems, first and foremost? Do they have arthritis and can't get into the box as well? Or are they slipping on the floor because they have a joint problem? Um, Sometimes rabbits are doing that as a marking behavior, too, so it's a little hard to tell. But I think it's time for a trip to the vet to make sure it's not a medical problem. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for being our vet on this show. We appreciate it. You're welcome.